There he goes. One of God's own prototypes. A high-powered mutant of some kind never even considered for mass production. Too weird to live, and too rare to die. Welcome to the Episode 7, Lucky 7, I hope, of the Digital Freemason Podcast for December 5th, 2005. I'm your host, Scott, and I'll be taking you along on my journey through the world of short Masonic educational papers. Many of these papers have been presented in my lodge, King George Lodge No. 59, in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. If you're a returning listener, thank you for your continued comments and feedback. I always enjoy hearing from you and extending my visitation, if only via email and the phone. Someday I hope to get to your lodge and visit in person. If you are a new listener, welcome, and I hope you will enjoy. My email box is always open, so if you have any other pieces of Masonic education that you think might be useful in this podcast, please feel free to email them to me. As well, if you have any ideas, thoughts, or feedback, my email address is podcast at kinggeorgelodge.com. I look forward to hearing from you as we journey through the digital library of Masonic education. Today's Masonic piece comes from Worshipful Brother Hayes Williams in the College of Research in Sydney, Australia, and is titled, A Ramble Through Our Ritual. The thing that strikes me about this piece is that no amount of time can make any Mason fully understand the meaning of each of these words. During our lodges, my lodge's installation this past Friday, which in itself was excellent and an honor to be part of, I found myself, a Mason of a couple years, dumbfounded by the always present lack of understanding of some of these words taken out of context. So let's begin and take a ramble through our ritual. This piece is titled, A Ramble Through Our Ritual, because it is just what it is. It is intended, firstly, to answer some of those questions frequently asked by newly made Masons. Secondly, to try and arouse his interest sufficiently to persuade him to continue his inquiries, to show him the romance of Freemasonry, and how intensely interesting it can be. And lastly, to give something of interest to the more advanced Mason, and also, perhaps, something new. And now let us get started with the ramble. Perhaps one of the first things that strikes the newly made Mason is the number of strange or unusual words used in our ceremonies. Unfortunately, Far too many Masons have not taken the trouble to find out the real meaning of these words. Consequently, a new Mason's inquiry frequently produces only unsatisfactory answers. As these words are not to be found in our popular dictionaries, many brethren have an entirely wrong conception of their meanings, which sometimes leads us to an unfortunate misunderstanding of the message intended to be conveyed by our ritual. While I refer to to them as unusual, these words, in my opinion, in common use at the time that they were incorporated in our ritual. Gradually, in everyday speech, they have become obsolete, but they have been preserved in our ritual unchanged, and with their original meanings unaltered, just as our rites and ceremonies have been preserved throughout the years. For it is in my opinion, brethren, that Freemasonry, and speculative Freemasonry, has been practiced in England and Scotland in very much the same form as it is today for at least the last five to six hundred years, although many insist that it has existed in its present-day form only since 1717. Yet no proof has ever been, nor can be, produced to show that it did not exist before 1717, whilst there is a great lot of evidence, documentary or otherwise, which supports my contention that it so existed in our, in our motherland at least five to six hundred years ago. The first strange word you will notice on the opening your ritual book is the word Cowan. 
Now, cowan is thought to, to be derived from the Greek word kouin, a dog, and sometimes reason that this belief may be perhaps be found in the fact that in the early ages of the church in, infidels were frequently referred to as dogs. In my opinion, however, this derivation is quite incorrect. The word is, I think, a Scottish one. It occurs in the Shaw manuscript, which is on Scottish record, dated 1538, in the following passage, that no master nor fellow of craft receive any cowans to work in his society, or company nor send none of his servants to work with cowans. The first record of this word being used among English nations appears to be in Anderson's Constitution, an edition published in 1738, but this does not necessarily mean that it was not used previously. There appears to be little doubt, however, that the word, used Masonically, did come from Scotland. Jameson, in his Scottish Dictionary, gives us the following meaning. A word of contempt, applied to one who does not do the work of a mason, but has not been regularly bred, one who builds walls without mortar. Jameson gives the derivation from the Swedish kujon, or kushgon, a silly fellow, or from the French koyan, or koyon, a coward, a base fellow. An old edition of Webster's Dictionary gives the meaning as one who works as a mason, but who has not been regularly apprenticed. The Masonic meaning of the word appears to be best expressed by our modern term, jerry-builder. You will readily see how specially dangerous such a one would be to operative masons, on account of his being in possession of some of the secrets of building, and the word has no doubt come to us from operative lodges of ancient times. You will also have noticed, I think, that whatever derivation we favor for the word, it always seems to convey the idea of contempt, a meaning conveyed in our use of it in our ceremonies. The word is in use in England, where its form slightly altered, and we find that it is a legal term, coven, meaning fraud or collusion. The slang term, cove, is derived from it as well. It originally meant a worthless, desolate fellow, and in the days of the Bow Street Runners, the predecessor of the Robert Peel's police force, they referred to petty thieves, pickpockets, and minor criminals, criminals as coves, and again you perceive the note of contempt. Today the slang word cove has entirely changed its meaning, being with us in term of good fellowship and perhaps even friendly affection. The next unusual word we find in the obligation is the word heel. This is another obsolete word and is derived from the Anglo-Saxon helan. It means to hide, to cover, to roof. Our present-day words health and heel are from the same root and are of really the same. If you think of health and healing as applied to wounds or cuts, you can see at once and appreciate this, for the wound is healed by being hidden or covered by new skin growth. Our Masonic word heal was used by Chaucer in his poems in the same way as we use it in our obligation, and also in the sense of health. Chaucer has been referred to as the father of English poets. He died about 1400, which is about the date that describes the Regis poem. And there is much in this Regis poem which confirms my opinion that speculative masonry was not unknown in England before 500 years ago. I understand the word heel is still used in Cornwall. A man who puts a roof on a house is called a hillier. In many English towns, notably Bournemouth, this word is quite common as a surname, spelt hillier or helliar. In Inman's emulation working explained, it is stated that the word is pronounced hail, 
but I think, notwithstanding this, that the pronunciation heel is the correct one. Cable toe is another of our unusual terms. Both of these words, separately, are in common use today, but their use together seems to be restricted to masonry, and I cannot find any explanation anywhere for their use together. For both words have the same meaning, or, at any rate, a very similar meaning. Cable means a large, strong rope or chain, while tow means a rope for pulling. Tow, however, appears to be connected with flax, and might be used in conjunction with cable to indicate a light rope made of flax. Yet we have today the same use of tow in another word of practically the same meaning in our modern expression, tow rope. The old German word for rope, I believe, tow. So it is probable that we have in our word, cable toe, preserved a word borrowed from the Steinsmen, the early craft guild of the stone carvers. The Steinmetzen existed, we know, in the 12th century and continued active for several centuries. So far as we know, they were entirely operative and definitely had no connection with the later German Freemasonry, which was introduced directly from England. In its first use in our ceremonies, the cable toe seems to be intended as a physical means of controlling the candidate, but later appears to refer more to the covenant by which all Masons are tied. In the first obligation, we have the expression, a cable toe's length from shore. This is often, quite erroneously, given as a cable toe's length from shore, but the first rendering is the correct one. A cable's length is a nautical measure of 100 fathoms or 600 feet. It is said to be the length of a cable toe varies according to the degree, that of an entered apprentice being one mile, that of a fellow craft two miles, and that of a master mason three. Actually, of course, the length of the cable toe is purely symbolical. Another word which the meaning has changed is hoodwinked. This is made up of two words, hood, to cover with a hood, and wink, to dim or close the eyes. Its original use was in falconry, when the bird's head was covered by a hood in order to prevent it from seeing until such time as its master wished it to release in order to bring down its quarry. In our modern language, the word is used metaphorically, meaning to deceive or mislead. In Freemasonry, however, the original meaning, as used in falconry, has been preserved. The word has no doubt been incorporated into our, into our ritual when falconry was a popular sport. Before we leave the subject of words, the title we give, Our Master, Worshipful, is itself interesting. Worshipful literally means venerable. Further, it is a good old Anglo-Saxon meaning directly related to Masonic qualifications. It is a contraction of worthyshipful, or full of worth. It is pure Anglo-Saxon, comprised of the word worthy, meaning deserving of, and ship, meaning reward, so that worshipful literally describes the ideal master of a lodge as full of worthy reward. There we have it, an abridged trip through the Masonic Dictionary. At our lodge we have a standing quiz during education evenings that pose ten words to the brethren to write down their definitions of those words. Even taking into account the many years and great experience of the gathered brethren, it's humbling to see how hard it is to keep the modern-day meaning of a word from sneaking into the lodge room. Thanks for listening to the Digital Freemason. I've been your host, Scott, and I've enjoyed our time together. If you'd like a transcript of this podcast please visit our website at www.kinggeorgelodge.com. If you have any comments or ideas for further podcasts, please feel free to email me at podcast at kinggeorgelodge.com.